and amen. So this morning, the title of my sermon is The Call, Your Will, The Altar, and The Sacrifice. Say the call, your will, the altar, and the sacrifice. Go with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 21 verse 1. As you know, we're leading up to Easter, uh, and this week is uh, Palm Sunday. Let me just say this. Look, when each and every person, hear me, that is born in this earth, according to Scripture, has been called for a purpose. There's a call of God upon their lives. When you get born again is when it gets revealed upon your life. Are you with me? Because you cannot have purpose outside of the one who created you. Because only the one who created you knows the purpose for which he created you. You can't take your BMW to Mercedes and say, please fix this thing because they didn't make it. You with me? You have to go to the one who made it to find out how to fix it and find out what its purpose was. So there's various scriptures. You go to uh, Psalms chapter 139 and Jeremiah chapter 1 of the key ones. But they speak about God has etched every day that you live in His book. He has a plan for your life. In the book of Jeremiah, He says, I ordained you before you were even born. He says, I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. He had a calling upon His life before He was even born. The Bible says that while you were still in your mother's womb, God already wrote out your whole life for you. So God has a plan and a purpose for you. There's a purpose and a destiny. There's an ordained life that God has set out for you. And as a born-again believer, when you come into the kingdom of God, it's when you attach yourself to the purposes of God. You cannot have purpose outside of kingdom. You see, many people are serving their gift to the world, being remunerated nicely in that system, serving the gift and looking for purpose and saying, this is my purpose, but not born again, not serving God, not serving the purposes of God. So I've come to tell you that unfortunately that's a lie. You see, they've got good humanitarian efforts that they produce and supply and help people with their current societal conditions and they want to help people. And that's all great. There's nothing wrong with it. But outside of kingdom, that is not purpose. It's making you feel good, but it's got nothing to do with the purposes of heaven. God in every season, every generation, you will release men and women of God, people that have been raised up with the call to deliver that generation. So every time you see the mess that's happening in the world, I've said this many times before, it's showing you the potential of the church. It's showing you the, and I'm not talking about a building, I'm talking about the ecclesia, those that have been sent by God, called by God as believers to go out and influence the world the, way, the same way that Jesus did. You're quiet this morning. I know it's cold, but if you move and you give me a hallelujah and an amen, you're going to get a lot warmer. Amen. But here's the thing, that each and every person, as you're sitting in this place, have the ability inside of you because of the call of God upon you to change the world around you. You are a history maker and you are a world changer. And I'm not saying this just to get you all roused up this morning. It's according to the word of God. Hear me, God makes nothing that's Mickey Mouse. There is nothing that he makes that has no purpose. And your purpose is attached to what God wants to do with His kingdom in the world today. So, sitting right next to you is greatness. Hear me, sitting right next to you is greatness. You don't even know. Dr. Miles always used to say, if you knew who I was, you would take me for lunch straight after this meeting. And it's the truth. 
Are you with me? It's the truth because you don't even know what's locked up on the inside of you. The challenge is that because of the way the world has tried to contain you, people in the church, believers filled with the Spirit of God, living with God Himself on the inside of them, the full life of Christ on the inside of them, have been trying to survive. How? How can we just be surviving? We should be thriving because of who we are in Christ Jesus. Come on, that full life that God has placed on the inside of you and me should overflow to the nations. Not just your city, not just your family, but to the nations. Come on. Jesus said, disciple who? Disciple nations. What's locked up on the inside of you is nations. But the world tries to confine you and define you and tries to put you in a box and tries to push you down and tries to oppress you and put you in a place where you know what I just want to get by Jesus if I can just make it through the devil is alive and so we set up our homes nicely we just want to make sure we look after our children we can make sure that they're sorted and taken care of and our family's okay and we're going to give our children a good education because we never had those opportunities that education is still bound to the wrong system it's not enough. I'm not saying don't take care of your family. What I'm saying to you is that if you don't fulfill your purpose, giving your child food and an education is not going to matter. Because the thing that's on the inside of you is not even for you. It's for the generation that's to come. And in every season, God will raise up people to change the next. He will raise up people with answers, solutions, the wisdom of God, the life of God, the power of God to change the next. You see, because in the kingdom, purpose is attached to people. Everyone's called. But few have chosen. There's a call of God upon your life. Look at the world today and look at the wickedness, look at the evil. But it's the church. It's our responsibility. Say it's my responsibility. Look at your neighbor and say it's your responsibility. You see, you could not have the responsibility without the ability. Because that would be unjust. God is placed on the inside of you the ability, the power of God, the very life of God, and the plan and purpose of God to change your environment, to change your community, to change your city, and to change your nation. Amen. Matthew chapter 21. It says, Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied in a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. And this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal, and the donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. So they brought the donkey and the colt and laid their clothes on them. And he's, Oh, I know I'm reading, I know I'm a, I'm a good reader, but you're jumping. Just, just, just go back on them and he and set him on them next 
and the very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out saying, Hosanna to the Son of God. Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved saying, Who is this? So the multitude says, This is Jesus the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Jesus, they didn't even know they were worshipping him in this moment. But the very same people that worshipped him at this moment spoke out and shouted, Crucify him the next. They did not perceive who he was. They did not perceive his purpose. You see, because Hosanna in there says, save now. They were calling out for salvation. But they did not even know who was in their midst. They did not understand the purpose of Jesus. As great as that entry was, the Bible calls it a triumphant entry. But he knew that he was going to die. It was the journey to fulfill the purpose of God upon his life, which would have ended, which was going to end in death. Yes, resurrection, but first death. Amen. They did not perceive who he was. And as I was reading the scripture, I was just thinking about Easter and this coming Easter and how in this season and in this moment, how many Christians go to church? Everybody. <laughs> the church is full. Go to church. I'm telling you, you'll have record. The record numbers are the CEO Christians. It's Christmas and Easter only. Go. It's why? Because they know they must go. But they don't know why they're going. They know they must go. But they don't know why they're going. So I must go get that religious tick. To say I am a Christian. And yes, I went to church. Yeah, 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 I was there. And you know, we even in this season, and I don't know about you in the communities I come from, it's like, yeah, the outfits. You must have a Christmas and you must have an Easter outfit. It doesn't matter how broke your family is. It doesn't matter how broke you were. You That day you had they never techies, they never schooner. You understand what I'm saying? It was that new shirt and that new because you had to look a certain way when you went to church. You had no idea why you were going. You just knew that you had to go. And the problem that you find is if you take Christian in the context of Christian and religion in the, in the expanded format of what you would define a Christian to be, including religion. I'm just, just bear with me this morning. You will find that maybe 20%, maybe 20% understand that God has saved them and that they now have eternal life with God and that when they die, they have assurance they're going to heaven. 20%, maybe. And I think there's three billion or something Christians in the world. Christians in the world. Maybe 20%. And, and, and as it's not as we know, because you're privileged to know, there's more than just being saved and go to heaven. Amen. You know there's more. You know there's more. Because you have good word in this house. You have good teaching in this house. Amen. Amen. So you know there's more. But 20% that know that little but actually know better than 80%. And then there's a small percentage in the 20% that actually knows more about the life that God came to give us in the kingdom of God. According to the design of God. So when a moment like this arises, 
when we come to celebrate Easter, which is the, one of the, hear me, this is the most historic day in the world. Not in the Christian calendar. This is to do with the world. Jesus never came for the, to die for Christians. He came for the world. Hear me. What happened was so monumental for the world. It was an historic event for the world. It changed the world. It didn't change the Christian. It changed the world. Yet it's downplayed to some religious day that we celebrate. And we have no idea of the power that actually happened in the purpose that Jesus came to fulfill. So it's one thing to shout, I love you, Jesus. But if you don't see Jesus in the fullness of who Jesus is, you will never experience the full life that Jesus came to give you. So we're standing as Christians experiencing the religious day, but no power. Not in this church. Amen. Because the Bible says that God created, in the beginning, God created man. And he said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let him have dominion. Are you with me? That's the original intent of God. When Jesus came to fulfill his purpose, it wasn't just to get you saved so that you can say, one day I'm going to heaven. No. He came to restore you back to the original intent of God. That the day you get saved, the Bible says you're born again of the incorruptible seed of the word of God. That means that I'm born again of the same seed that created God. Are you with me? That's the same seed of God. So God's seed is on the inside of me. The same way he made Adam is the same way that I'm made now in Christ Jesus. I'm made in his image. I look like Jesus in Christ. Don't look in the mirror. Look in the mirror of the word. Then you look like him. Amen. But don't look in the natural mirror. Because some of us, I know we're looking at him thinking, oh, how do you look like the Lord? But when God sees you as a born-again believer, He sees the Christ on the inside of you, and that's the image that He sees. That's why the day you get saved, you're a child of the Most High. You were born again, son and daughter of the Most High God. Hear me. You are God's child. You're made in His image. And inside of you, you have the seed, the potential to produce the likeness, the functionality that God did when He made the earth. But when they saw Jesus coming, did they really know who he was and what he came to do? Did they understand the call of God upon his life? Amen. In order for us to fully grasp what God is doing in our midst, you have to understand the fullness of the life that he came to do. Now, I'm no, by no means saying that I know it all. You know me? But we do know better. And it's not out of arrogance, it's out of privilege. It's out of privilege. And because you know more, you have a great responsibility to the next generation. So God makes us in His image and His likeness. He says, let them have dominion, let them have kingdom, let them have rather, let them have dominion, let them have rulership over the earth. God, who is the king in heaven, makes earth a domain and makes a family to rule over the domain with the same system and governance that comes from where He comes from. Are you with me? And we see a little bit of it in the Garden of Eden when God, when He says He puts man in the Garden of Eden and God walked with Him there in the cool of the day and that was a direct manifestation of earth affected by heaven, influenced by heaven. Are you with me? Stay with me this morning. The reason why I'm sharing this with you is because what God wants to do is far greater than what you can see right now. 
And if you limit the work of the cross and the work of Easter and the coming of the King to just somebody that came to save you, somebody that came to send you to heaven, then it's a problem because you're not going to serve your generation the way that you're supposed to. No, the day that you got saved, the day that He fulfilled His purpose, He made a way for you to become a child of the Most High God that wherever you go today, you are a child of God. Do you understand that? Your Father in Heaven is the source of your life. He's the sustainer of who you are. He is the one who will lead you, guide you, and cause you to overcome wherever you go. So I'm not an average individual. I'm not a normal human being. So if they think you're weird, it's okay. Say, I think you're weird. So God makes this man, he says he's going to have kingdoms, he's going to have rulership. He gives it to man and he says to him, here's your purpose. Make this earth like this heaven. He gives him purpose. Man unfortunately sins. Adam makes the mistake. And Adam submits his will to the will of the enemy. He submits his will to the will of the enemy. The most powerful thing in the earth that God has given mankind is the will of man. It's the choice that you have. It's the one thing that you have in your life that makes you like God. You have choice. You have the ability to choose. And the the most powerful gift is the most dangerous gift because that gift that He gave you, you then have the ability to choose the opposing will of God. You have the ability to choose the will that opposes His will. Yet he gave you that will and said, this is my gift to you. You choose me. And hear me, there's only two kingdoms. There's no gray area. There's no middle waiting ground. You know what I'm saying? There's no middle waiting ground. There isn't a place where you can go and say, okay, I'm going to park just here. And the kingdom of God is this side. And the kingdom of darkness is this side. But I'm going to park here, just play it safe. No, there isn't a place. Some preacher says, if you never bump into the devil, it's because you're going in the same direction as him. So if you feel like the enemy is hounding you, it's okay. You're opposing that thing. And the Bible says you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testament. The Bible says that you are victorious. The Bible says you are an overcomer. The Bible says that you will win. Go to the end of the book, baby, and you'll see that you win. But it's your will. And each kingdom can only move through the will of a man. Both kingdoms need man. Because God set it that way and He says, let them have dominion. He sovereignly locked Himself out and said, give it to man. Give it to my children. And let them rule here. And they have the power to decide which kingdom will govern this place. So the minute Adam submits his will to the kingdom of darkness, the enemy goes to work. And he puts systems in place. He puts the world system in place. He influences the seven mountains of society to do what? To confine the will of man. It's to influence the will of man. Why? Because your will, here's a quick teaching, sits on the seat of your mind. Both conscious and subconscious. Both conscious and subconscious. Your conscious mind, as I'm speaking to you this morning, is receiving information. But through repetitiveness, it takes it and it downloads it into your subconscious. 
And that's where the Bible says, says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You choose according to what you believe. So think about how, in, how the enemy set up his system. He indoctrinates you for 12 years in an education system to give you repetitive information. He puts you in an environment that is designed to contain you, to give you repetitive information, to say you're useless, you're never going to make it, you're never going to come out, people speak over you, you grow up in a community where there's no opportunity, where there's nothing happening, you go to a school where they tell you, if you get a good education, you're going to get a job, and maybe you're going to get a job nowadays, maybe you're going to get a job, and maybe you can take care of your family if you want to have a family one day. And they put you in a cycle and in a system to shape what? To shape the heart of the man, because the will of man is there. So it's difficult sometimes when people come into the kingdom of God and into the church and they hear a different message, because it's influenced the religious mountain as well. He's in, hear me. I'm on a family group with my family, my mom's side. And uh, my uncle posted a picture. He was in church this weekend. And they show all the beautiful palms as you walk down. Uh, they put it in the church. But I know that what they know is not what they need to know. And now the enemy has created a belief system that has confined their will to the will of the world system. So even when I speak a different word, they can't receive it just yet. Why? Because they've been indoctrinated to believe something that is not true. And where does the devil work? In deception. Because people that are deceived don't know that they're deceived because they think that what they know is true. So the enemy's gone to work to do what? To get the will of man. Because if he's got the will of man, he will stop the call of God upon your life. If he's got your will, you cannot fulfill your call. Because if your will is submitted to him, and hear me, I'm not talking about people that are purposefully submitting to the devil. I'm talking about people that are living, that are in the church, that are saved, that are deceived. Because of the pressure of the world system. You see, apostle had a choice. When they gave, then the world gave a report based upon the education system that they came out of. He chose to believe the report that comes from the kingdom that he comes out of. And he said, I, I hear you, but I refuse you. Do you understand what I'm saying? He says, I hear you, but I refuse you. Thank you for what you did. But I am not bound to that level of living. Why? Because in his heart, he knows that the kingdom of God is able to produce inside of him the healing power that is found in Jesus Christ. That's why you need to be in the Word. That's why you need to be studying the Word. Don't tell your children to read the Word. You read the Word. It's your responsibility. To adjust your belief system so that you can fulfill the will of God upon your life. Come on. When God needs somebody in any generation, that's why when you go to Noah, go to Noah quickly. I want to show you. I don't just want to talk to you. I want to show you the scriptures. You don't say, Pastor Brian just gave us a gave us here. Genesis chapter 6, verse 1. Let me show you. It's the call 
then the will. Now it came to pass when, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and the daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw, that the daughters, saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful and they took wives to themselves of all whom they chose. Keep going, let's go fast. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. There were giants on the earth in those days, and also after the sons of God came into the, the, the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who of old, men of renown. So that speaks of our angels and, and, peep, and, and man procreated, and this was obviously defiling man and whatever, and God saw the wickedness of what was happening in man and in his heart. And the Lord saw the wickedness of man and was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I've created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, the creeping thing and birds of the air, for I'm sorry that I have made them. Stay there. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Hear me. The world can be as wicked as it is. It can be under the sway of the wicked one. It can be evil. You mean Revelation says that he deceived the whole world. But God just needs to find one. He just needs to find one that will say yes. That will submit their will to him. But no one found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Go to the next one. Let's go. Verse 9. This was a genealogy. Okay, go to the next one. Next one. And the earth was also corrupt before, the, before God, and the earth was filled with violence. Keep going. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, and all flesh had corrupted their way in the earth, on the earth. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark, go, go from there. So God tells him, okay, I'm going to destroy everybody. I'm going to keep you. I'm going to preserve you. Why? Because you submitted to me. You said yes to me. Go to verse 22. He says, okay, this is what you must do. You must build. This is what's going to happen. And he says, thus Noah did. According to all that God commanded him, so he did. What does that mean? It means he submitted his will to the will of God. He submitted his will to the call of God upon his life. Because there's a call, but there's your will. You see, how many of you have a prophetic word that's been spoken over your life? How many of you know that God has called you to greatness? And how many people in the church is not fulfilling what God has called him to fulfill? Because there's points of your will that's not submitted to the will of the kingdom. You see, there's a destiny and a purpose that God has got for your life. The same way with Noah, it affected the world. One man's will. One man's decision. It affected the world. God says, I'm calling you out. I want to do this thing through you. And Noah says, yes to God. And God says, okay, cool, now do this. And I'm going, to through, I'm going to preserve the world through you. The same way this generation is looking at now. Don't even close your eyes to what's happening outside there. The same way that things are happening in the world today. That problem is yours to solve. God's put it on the inside of each and every one of you. Are you with me this morning? But you've got to submit your will to the will of the Lord. So he says, go to the next one. Let me show you something else. Genesis 8 verse 20. So Noah does what God wants him to do. He fulfills the portion of what God asks him to do. Then it says, 820 says what? Then Noah built what? 
an altar to the Lord and took every clean animal and of every clean bird offered burnt offerings on the altar. Go to the next verse. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I've done. Stay on that verse. God calls him, he submits his will, and he builds an altar, and there's a sacrifice. And with the sacrifice, look at what comes after. He says, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. When I was reading through the scriptures, the Lord said, I've called you, but you have a will. When you submit your will and you come to the altar of God, sacrifice, it will change the generation beyond you. If you take Abraham, the same thing. God calls him. He says yes to his will. Amen. God says, okay, now offer your son, your only son. He says, bring him to the altar. He says, bring your will to the altar. Bring your will to the altar. Bring your son, the only son. That wasn't his only son. He had another son called Ishmael. He says, bring this one to the altar sacrifice him on the altar. He says, okay, I will do it. He goes, he takes the boy. This is Genesis chapter 22. He takes the boy, brings him to the altar. And the book of Hebrews says that he was ready, he intent in his heart, he already killed this boy. That's why when the angel called him, he says, Abraham, Abraham. He didn't call him once, he called him twice. He says, come. He called him twice. Why? Because his intent of his heart was to fulfill what God asked him to fulfill. And the Bible says, okay, now he provides an amen ticket. Then you look at the blessing. He says, I will bless you. I will multiply. And he says, in you, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. The seed of Christ will carry on through your lineage to the point of where everybody that comes into Christ in Galatians chapter 3 will be a part of the lineage of Abraham and be in the blessing of Abraham. Are you with me this morning? The reason why I'm sharing this with you the reason why I'm sharing this with you is because what God has done in the season to restore the altar. When you look at the life of Jesus, it's the same thing. God calls him. He says, yes, you go to the Garden of Gethsemane in the book of Matthew. He says, three times the Bible says he prayed. He says, Lord, not my will, but your will. He comes back to Pete and says, hey, can't you even stay awake with me for one hour to pray with me? He goes back. He prays the same prayer. That's how intense the situation was to sacrifice his will. To say, God, I will do what you want me to do. Not for him, for the sake of the generations to come. And he goes to the cross and he becomes the sacrifice. And it's received by God and by heaven. Amen. And that's why we are where we are today. So when God's restoring the altar in your midst... And God is doing this that He's doing in this house, in your midst. It's important for us to perceive the moment that we're in. It's going to require more of what? More of your will to be sacrificed in the season. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, chapter 12 says, 
bring your body, put it up for me please, as a living sacrifice. Continuously bring your will before me and sacrifice your will on my altar. Why? So that you can fulfill what God wants you to fulfill for the generation that's to come. Hear me. You're born of God to overcome what has been set in place by the kingdom of darkness in the earth today. God has called you for a time such as this. God has ordained you for a time such as this. God has put on the inside of you the answers for the next generation, but it's our responsibility. It's our responsibility as a generation to say, I'm going to pick up the call of God. I'm going to submit myself to the will of God. And every time I come to the altar of God, I'm going to submit my will once again. A piece of my will is going to die at the altar every time I come to the altar. Both in your personal altar and in the altar in the house of God. Because we are called, hear me. If the systems that the enemy set in place is designed to influence the will of the next generation. Then God already has a plan in place for us to take over those systems. To do what? To set them free. So that they can choose according to kingdom revelation and understanding for their lives and for their generation. They should not start where we started. They should not begin where you began. You should carry the torch beyond where the people before you have carried that torch. You as a generation, I as a generation, especially in this house, we know more than most people know. Hear me. We've been privileged by God. It's not because we're all so great. No, we've been privileged by God. God ordained it on Apostle Max. says, to you it shall be given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. So when he's releasing the mysteries and we're gaining understanding, it's not for us to get fat heads and a thin heart. It's for us to receive that word so we can fulfill what God wants us to fulfill. Hear me, the most satisfying life and the most fulfilled life is you fulfilling the will of God for your life. And that is what produces the change that is needed in the next generation. You can go through every person in the Bible. David, the same thing. God called him. He had to respond with his will. He built an altar and the plague was stopped. If you go to the book of Chronicles, you go to Isaac, Jacob, Moses, all the same. So many people have just said yes once to God. And when it's gotten tight on the altar, they've stepped off as a living sacrifice and said, you know what, I don't like that one. No, it's a continuous. It's continuous. It's continuous. And every time you lay your life down, hear me. Every time you lay your will down, every time you sacrifice more, you cannot outgive God. Please hear me. You cannot outdo God. Are you with me this morning? Every time you do that, God will flow more and more through your life to affect the next generation more and more you will reach further more and more you will gain more ground more and more you will expand the kingdom wherever you go atmospheres will change you will take more territory things will shift why because it's god's intention for your life and for the next generation i want to end with this this morning i trust you you catch me this morning when god is speaking so much about the altar it's because of what he's going to release in the season. He's saying, prioritize this place. Prioritize what I've put in this place. 
Prioritize what I've built in this place. Because you're going to need it to fulfill what I need to fulfill in and through your life. The minute you make this a priority, the minute you say yes, you say, God, I'm going to do this thing for you in the season. I'm coming after you with all that I have. What is that? It's a submission of your will. To say, God, I'm going to go your way. God, I'm going to do what you're saying in the season. I'm going to get involved like I've never gotten involved before. I'm going to be a part of what you're doing like I've never done before. I'm going to get up and I'm going to pray for the church. I'm going to pray for apostle. I was so blessed with the people that were praying and got up and prayed. Why? As a church, you don't know what we can do when we come together. When we stand together. When we walk together. When we pull together. But it's a season where God is saying the stuff that you know you must let go of. The stuff that you've been holding on to with your world, you need to let go of in the season. Not for you, for the sake of the next generation. I can hear already when Apostle is speaking, he's coming back stronger and he's coming back with refreshed vision. I'm telling you. God has spoken. God is giving him clarity. But he's not called to build by himself. What God has put in this place, the revelation and the word that you're getting, it's our responsibility. As a generation, to make sure that world, that word reaches far and wide. It's our responsibility because God has given it to us. And to whom much is given, much is required. It's our season, church. It's our season, church. Hear me? It's our moment that God has given us. It's our moment as a generation to step up and be counted in the season and say, you know what, God? I'm going to do what you've called me to do in the season. I'm coming to the altar. I'm willing to lay it all down. I'm willing to lay down my will in the season. I'm willing to sacrifice what you want me to sacrifice. All for your kingdom and all for your glory. So that a generation that comes after me, they must say, shoot, these people, man, these people of Kingdom Life Embassy, did you see what they did? Did you see how they stood? Did you see how they fought? Did you see how they sacrificed? Did you see what God did in and through their lives? Did you see how God worked through them and blessed the next generation? Amen. Amen. It's upon us, church. It's upon us, church. This altar is not for you alone. This altar is for nations. Who's God going to move it through? Who's God going to shift it through? How's God going to get the glory and the anointing and the power that sits on this place to the rest of the world? How's He going to move it? It's going to move through you and through me. But it's time that we say yes to God. It's time to make a fresh commitment to Him. It's time to say, yes, Lord, use me like you've never used me before. Take whatever you need to take. Do whatever you need to do. Flow like you need to flow so that your name can be glorified and a generation can be set free. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, church. It's time for Kingdom Life Embassy to arise and shine. It's time for us to become who God has called us to be. So don't come in the season. Hear me? Don't come in the season the way you came before. Challenge yourself in this moment. Say, God, take all of me. Take all of me, Lord. It all belongs to you. Take every piece of me. Whatever you want to do, do through me. Whatever you want to use, use for your glory. Come on. It's a new season. It's a new day over the church. I'm telling you now. God has begun a good work in this place. He's building from the ground up. 
but you've got to let go of the old. You see, when I first get communication from people, say, oh, you know, Pastor Brian, I'm thinking, no, that's old talk. We're not there anymore. Oh, Pastor, I don't want to have that conversation anymore. We're not there anymore. It's too much now. There's too much happening outside there. There's a generation that needs you and me. Come sacrifice that thing on the altar. Come lay it down, whatever you need to lay down. And let God do through you what He needs to do through you. Amen. Amen. There's something coming out of this church that it has not been seen before. God is doing something that you have not seen before. And it's going to take a sacrifice like you have not sacrificed before. It's going to take a giving like you've never given before. It's going to take a commitment like you have not committed before. Hear me? So God can flow through you and do through you what God has assigned for you. Oh, Pastor B, but this is so heavy. There's no heaviness. His burden is light and his yoke is easy. That little bit that you must give up is going to multiply a thousand fold over and above, exceedingly and abundantly, according to the power of God that is at work within you. Because you cannot outgive him. You cannot outgive him. You know, you give you all in one season, and then God just doesn't work. And it's sure me in a whole new place. How did God do this thing? Uh I'm standing in the, oh, I'm being promoted. Oh, there's been expansion. Oh, there's been new territories. Oh, I've gained favor. Oh, people have just handed over. Oh, I'm walking in a greater dimension of power, of revelation, of increase. Why? Because you cannot outgive your father. But it's a season. It's a season. We'll be saying all of us, Lord, come and do it, man. You know, part of my daily confession of shit, people says, Lord, I'm part of the greatest move of God in the earth. But then we better be doing something different to every other generation that came before us. It's going to require something different. But I'm telling you in this season, as you commit, as you sow, as you stand in agreement, as you give of your life, as you serve, as you connect with what God is doing in this place, you're going to see God overflow in your life and not just for your family you and your family are going to get almost like the byproduct of what God's going to do through you for the nations come on if there's a nation's anointing here if they hear me if apostle is called to the nations and God is speaking to him about a nation's anointing then what do you think is your portion in this place you then connected to the same altar you connected to the same altar that same altar that is using and flowing through him to do what God needs to do is the same altar that you connected to. Amen. It's an exciting season. You should be excited to serve. You should be excited to sacrifice. You should be excited for what's coming. Look at the glory of Jesus and what God did through his sacrifice. The world was changed forever. Let that be the legacy of this house. Let that be the legacy of this church. Let that be the legacy of each and every family connected to this place. That because of what we did in our generation, because we chose to serve our generation and serve them well, God did something so supernatural that it changed the world forever.
Amen. Amen and amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, both here in service and online. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, hear me, that's the first step to stepping into what God has got for you. It's when you're connected to the life that is found in Christ Jesus. That's the first decision you have to make. That's the first point of submitting your will to the will of God. He's saying, I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. You always say, Pastor B, I prayed that prayer before. You know what? I said the sinner's prayer, but where I'm at right now, it's not there. I'm so detached from God and His kingdom. Don't run away from Him. Run to God this morning. Draw near to Him and He will draw near unto you. God has got a fresh start for you today. If that's you, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or you once prayed the sinner's prayer, and you're saying, I'm so far from where I need to be right now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, to all those listening to me online, if that's you, just lift up your hand very quickly in this place, and just DM us online. If that's you, just lift up your hand. Just lift up your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe with all my heart that you are the Son of God, that you came down from heaven, died on the cross for the forgiveness of my sin, rose again three days later so that I could have a full life. Jesus, come into my heart. Give me a brand new start. Wash me and cleanse me with your blood. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen and amen, amen. Come on, clap your hands. If you said that prayer and you're online, DM us. We want to connect with you. We want to get some materials to you. We want to pray for you this week, amen. And we just want to get to know you more, amen. Well, it's time for the offering now this morning. But we have an altar, amen. And as you bring your sacrifice to the altar, this altar is connected to who? To our high priest, Jesus. And there's a scripture in Hebrews chapter 7. It says that Levi tithed through Abraham's tithe. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 7, you look like you don't believe me. Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 8. Hebrews 7 verse 8. I'll read it for you. Here mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them of whom it is witness that he lives. Speaking of Jesus. Even Levi who receives tithes, paid tithes through Abraham. When you sacrifice in your generation, when you bring your tithe, every time you tithe, every time you bring your offering, in your generation to an altar that is set up for Jesus, our high priest, every time, whatever's in your loins is tithing. The next generation, Levi was three generations down. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Levi. How far down was that? His commitment, his obedience in one generation had three had an effect three generations down. Three generations down. So your tithe and your offering don't just make like you're putting money in a basket. No. By faith this morning, when you're sowing, when you're tithing, when you're giving and bring it to the altar that is set up for the Most High God, that tithe, that seed has got generational blessing and wealth attached to it. Amen. Let's pray over your tithing offering this morning. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the opportunity to give and to sow into your kingdom, Father. We know, Father God, that your word says there's a press down, shaken together, and running over. Your word says in, that when we tithe, Father God,
let the windows of heaven open above us, that we won't have enough room to store the blessing that you pour out and bestow upon us. I speak increase upon your people. I speak blessing upon blessing. And I thank you, Father God, that as we give and as we sow, that you are blessing the generations that are coming and that are following after us in Jesus' name. We all agree and say amen and amen. Every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way in me, Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul, I live for you alone, every breath that I take, every moment generation. Amen. Let us be that church. Come on. Let us be that people that when they look at us, they think, shoot. We want to do what they did for Jesus. We want to live like they lived for the kingdom. We want to fulfill our purpose the way they did. We want to do what they did in their lifetime. It's that time, it's that season, and it's in this place. I'm telling you right now. God is doing something so awesome in this ministry but it's for us to connect with what God is doing. Connect with the heart in the season. I want to encourage each and every person in this place. You don't even know the depth of greatness on the inside of you. You were born for a time such as this. That's why Mordecai said, he said, maybe, isn't it just maybe <laughs> to Esther? Isn't it just maybe that you were born for a time such as this. Don't look at the world out there. Look at the God inside of you. I'm decreeing and declaring over this house that as there's a response, a different response to the altar in this season as Kingdom Life Embassy, that there's going to be a different kind of flow in and through your life in this season and in this moment. God's going to do the supernatural, the miraculous in and through your life. He's going to restore. He's going to heal. He's going to deliver. He's going to set free. He's going to bring your family together in this season. 
He's going to restore your family unit in this season. He's going to bless you as He has promised in this season. You're going to take ground like you've never seen before. You're going to take territory like you've never seen before. Battles that you were fighting for years on end, you're going to win in this season right now. Hear me, the thing that's been hounding you for decades is breaking today. The thing that's been stopping you for the last couple of years is breaking today through one sacrifice. When you lay down your will in this season, when you say, yes, God, have your will and have your way, use me like you've never used me before. You're going to see a breakthrough come upon you like you've never experienced before. As Kingdom Life Embassy, as an apostolic house, I'm decreeing and declaring you're going to take ground like never seen before. You're going to influence mountains like never seen before. Promotion is coming like you've never seen before. Increase is coming like you've never seen before. God's going to speak to you, lead you like you've never seen before. It's in this season, it's in this time, it's in this moment. We're not missing it as a church. I declare that over Kingdom Life Embassy. We're not missing our moment. Say, we're not missing our moment. We look at you and say, you're not missing your moment. You're not, you're not missing your moment. You're going to see testimony after testimony come out of this place. You're going to see, I'm telling you now, I'm declaring it over this house, that as people come in the season, as we come with a different attitude, as we come with a different way, as we come with a different servant's heart, as we come with a different kind of commitment, as we come with a different submission of, us, of our worlds, we're coming in this, you're going to see how God's going to expand His kingdom through your life. And wherever you go, atmospheres are going to change. People are going to submit to the Christ on the inside of you and they're going to be influenced by the kingdom that's on the inside of you. You're going from glory to glory and from strength to strength wherever you go. I speak that over this church in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in this house. We thank you, Lord God, that we as the sons of Issachar, we're able to discern the times and seasons and we know we declare, we know by the Spirit of God what as Kingdom Life Embassy what we ought to do. I bless each and every person under the sound of my voice. I declare and declare that as we connected to this altar, Father God, that there's a flow in the season. Breakthrough upon breakthrough. So many blessings according to Amos 9 that our heads will swim. And God, you're going to extend our reach in the season to influence the world for the kingdom of God and for your purposes to prevail. In Jesus' name we pray. We all agree and say, Amen, amen and Amen.